0: Wow, I just saw this trippy uh,
1: Is it possible that the army of Lord Rama in the Ramayana were not monkeys? Most people think that the Vanarsena was an army of monkeys, but research and deep probings reveal something entirely different. It seems like the European historians have purposefully misrepresented the ancient history and culture of India as fictional stories. But the truth is slowly but surely coming out. The author Vomiki never says that he is writing a fictional story. He says that the Ramayana really happened and he is just representing the events as they occurred. For example, the Vanar Sena is mistaken as an army of monkeys. But the word Vanar comes from two root words, Bon and nor. Bon means forest or jungle, and Nor means human. Then Vanner means the people from the jungle, or a unique species of tribal people. Just because they had tails, it doesn't mean they were monkeys. They were possibly a humanoid species who coexisted with the humans. Is it possible that the army of Lord Rama in the Ramayana were not monkeys? Oh, Most people God think that the Vanar Sena was an HG. army of
2: monkeys. Bat but research HG. and deep probings reveal something Bimical. entirely different. One of the more unusual finds in the Egyptian Museum is this sarcophagus. As you can see here, it depicts a dwarf. The depiction is believed to be life-sized, measuring 120 centimeters. But who was this person and why was he important enough to be given a stone sarcophagus. According to the inscriptions on the sarcophagus, his name was DJ Hu, and he was a dancer at special ceremonies. The ceremony was known as the Apis Bull Ceremony. However, we know that he had a patron, which was kind of like an owner, who was a high-ranking official, and who most likely paid for his sarcophagus and burial. DJ Hu was found with seven other bodies, which were believed to be the owner and patron's family. But he obviously cared about him enough that he wanted him to have a proper burial. The location of the tomb <laughs> was at Saqqara. which tomb itself is interesting, as that area was primarily used for royal burials. That we do know that he wasn't royal. One of the more unusual finds in the Egyptian it's Museum is this sarcophagus.
3: This new report makes the shrewd point that the plotters didn't think sending around elector fraud would mag- like magically deliver Trump a win. Having a bunch of made-up fraudulent elector slates, though, could drive the chaos of the certification. Well, this is all weeks, weeks before Trump was pushing the January 6th gathering. Here's Ruddy describing the trick, that if there was enough confusion about the electors, say dueling slates, etc., it might turn January 6th into a catfight in Congress with Pence presiding. Now, the only reason we know this is the committee got Mark Meadows emails. Indeed, a new footnote in the new report shows that damning memo there you see at the bottom of your screen is just from one of the emails that was forwarded. The investigation also uncovered the lengths Trump's team went to enact this, and that goes from Giuliani pressing the officials and meetings and frantic voicemails. This new report makes the shrewd point that the plotters didn't think sending around elector fraud would like, magically deliver Trump a win. Having a bunch of made-up, fraudulent elector slates, though, could drive the chaos of the certification. Well, this is all weeks, weeks before Trump was pushing the January 6th gathering. Here's Ruddy describing the trick, that if there was enough confusion about the electors, say, dueling slates, etc., it might turn January 6th into a catfight in Congress with Pence presiding. And the only reason we know this is the committee got Mark Meadows' emails. Indeed, a new footnote in the new report shows that damning... <laughs>
0: People okay. beneath Mount Shasta. In 1904, a man by the name of J.C. Brown was prospecting for gold at Mount Shasta when he discovered a mysterious cave. He followed the empty tunnel for 11 miles, and at the end of it, he found a lost city, with hieroglyphics written all over the walls. As he went deeper into the city, he found a chamber with 27 tombs, which had skeletons in them, except that the skeletons were over 10 feet tall. He hid the entrance to the city and kept the information to himself. However, he obsessed over it in secret, and finally after 30 years, he put together a team of 80 people to go back and explore the city. However, on the day the expedition was supposed to begin, J.C. Brown vanished and was never seen or heard from again. So, did J.C. Brown stumble on a secret that someone was trying to hide? What if someone told you that in your brain is an organ not bigger than a pea that holds the potential to release the most potent, joyous drugs and unleash your potential to be 100% present, at peace, and focus all the time? The negative emotions that we all feel are the result of chemical and hormonal imbalances in our brains, and one small organ located right in the center of our brain's two hemispheres holds the key to release our infinite potential to better ourselves. That small, pea-sized organ is called the pineal gland. Scientifically, this secretory circumventricular organ is responsible to produce melatonin, a hormone that modulates our sleep pattern. But when worked correctly, the pineal gland could lead you to a gateway between your physical and spiritual self. In many ancient scriptures and cultures, there has always been a mention of the third eye. The spot right between our two eyes holds the power to visualize the divine sacred what if someone told you that in your brain is an organ not bigger than a pea that holds the potential to hiding the even chasta in what if someone told you that in your brain let's go
4: to um what if someone see told what's going on my touch man hi Hagar our oh, Midas Touch. Major Bomb Cell. moving against a Trump and Jared Kushner.
0: Introducing the filtersorb
5: whole house water conditioner. A complete home water filtration and conditioning. i
4: right, I'm Ben mycellus from
5: the Midas Touch Network, and this is a breaking news alert. Special Counsel Jack Smith has just subpoenaed both Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner in connection with the special counsel's office's criminal investigation into Donald Trump's election interference in the 2020 election. This, as the special counsel's office criminal investigation continues to escalate. Two weeks ago, of course, special counsel Jack Smith subpoenaed former Vice President Mike Pence, who's objecting to that subpoena on the basis of Mike Pence claiming he should be afforded the same legitimate legislative protections as a United States senator, because he claims that when he acts as the president of the Senate, he is entitled to speech and debate clause immunity. Mm -hmm. In any event, Special Counsel Jack Smith has now subpoenaed Ivanka and Jared, both testified before the January 6th committee. Here's what we know about both of them. Ivanka was at the White House on January 6th. She was there and heard Donald Trump extort and threaten former vice president. President Mike Pence and basically berate and yell at him to object to the counting of the electoral votes, something that former Vice President Mike Pence would not do. Ivanka Trump was also at the ellipse when the Uh, insurrectionists started to go towards the capitol building and according to some including Ivanka she was involved in trying to stop the president from perpetrating uh, further uh, election disinformation although she seems to be uh, very much playing both sides of the fence there and seems in many cases very much responsible for aiding and embedding the election disinformation of Donald Trump and she held an official role uh, at the White House so Jared Kushner similarly held an official role at the White House you'll recall that Jared Kushner was denied a security clearance because our intelligence agencies believe that he was compromised and in providing uh, information to foreign enemies and to foreign countries to harm our national security interest here. Regardless, yes. Donald Trump overrode those concerns and allowed Jared Kushner to have access to the most sensitive information, which he handed off to the Saudis for $2 billion in return after Trump left the White House. Donald, uh, Jared kushner now is managing two billion dollars of the saudi sovereign wealth fund even though jared kushner is not a Doing a obvious uh, quid pro quo but jared kushner was in the middle east probably trying to arrange those deals knowing that donald trump had lost uh, he flew back and he was at the white house on the january during the january 6th insurrection and He was there as the insurrectionists stormed uh, the Capitol building and there have been some who have testified and Jared Kushner claimed that he was trying to get Trump to call off the insurrectionists and again, I don't fully believe Jared Kushner when he says that and again, Jared Kushner, like Ivanka uh, Trump, is very much responsible for aiding and abetting the overthrow of our democracy so I give them no credit at all. Now, both Ivanka And Jared Kushner testified before the January 6th committee. You will recall, for example, questioning from the former vice chair of the January 6th committee, Liz Cheney. um, And she asked, Ivanka, do you believe the president's obligated
6: to abide by the rulings of the court? Here's what Ivanka said. Play the clip. Ivanka, do do you believe the president's obligated to abide by the rulings of the court? I do.
5: And here's the clip of Ivanka Trump telling the January 6th committee that by December 14th, 2020, the day that the state electors cast their electoral college votes, she came to the realization that Joe Biden had won the election. Really, that's snap. what it says here. To play this clip. December 14th was the day on which the electoral college met when these
0: electors around the country met. And- cast the electoral votes consistent with the popular vote in each state. And and it was obviously a a public proceeding or or a series of proceedings that that President Biden had obtained the requisite number of electors. Was that an important day for you? Did that affect sort of your planning or your realization as to whether or not there was going to be an end of of this
4: administration?
6: I think so. I think it was my my sentiment, probably
5: prior, as well. Uh, and here's a clip where the January 6th committee played testimony from Ivanka Trump and one of her aides detailing Trump's rage at Pence for refusing to overturn the election playlist play this clip. What did she share with you about why it was concerning that her
1: father was upset or agitated after the call with Vice President Pence in relation to the ellipse rally? Why did that matter? Why did he have to be calmed down, I should
6: say? Well, she shared that he had called the Vice President a not an expletive word. I think that bothered her, and I think she could tell, based on the conversations and what was going on in the office, that he was angry and upset and people were providing misinformation. And she felt like she might be able to help calm the situation down. at least before
5: he went on to stage. And now I'll take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Lomi. Gosh. Now I've never been able to compost before. It was always too complicated, too much work, and frankly, I don't think I even knew exactly if I was doing it right. Then I got a Lomi. Lomi allows me to turn my food scraps into dirt with just the push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns scraps to dirt in under four hours. There's no smell when it runs, and it's really quiet. Thanks to Lomi, I have way less garbage each week. My family, we're down from three bags per week. Head to Lomi.com slash Midas and use the promo code Midas when you head to Lomi.com slash Midas and use promo code Midas at checkout. Food waste is gross. Let Lomi save you a cold trip out to the garbage can. And now, back to the video. Hold Here's only a trip. clip from the January 6th committee, of uh, audio of uh, Jared Kushner saying he and minority leader, Kevin McCarthy, minority leader at the time now, the weakest speaker of the House in United States history, uh, telling Donald Trump mail-in vote was, the mail-in voting situation was not fraudulent here. Play this clip.
0: President Trump's campaign manager, Bill Stepien, House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy, And Jared Kushner had advised Donald Trump to encourage mail in voting by Republicans. President Trump did not do so.
2: Yeah, I just remember generally, you know, you have people arguing
5: that we had a a very, very robust get out the vote effort and that, you know, mail in ballots could be a good thing uh, for us if we looked at it correctly. There was
3: one meeting uh, that was had uh, in particular. um, Invited Senator uh, McCarthy to join the meeting. Uh, he being of like mind on, on the issue uh, with me, um, in which we made our case uh, for for why we believed mail-in balloting, mail-in voting, um, not to be a bad thing for his campaign. Um, But, uh, you know,
2: the president's mind was
3: was, was made up.
5: What a coward uh, Kevin McCarthy is. And here is a clip of the ellipse, and this is the uh, tent. You'll see Ivanka standing right next to Donald Trump at the time, and you'll see uh, Donald Trump Jr. You'll see these uh, completely traitorous, treasonous maniacs play this clip. I think we're
4: You a couple of seconds here, guys, so uh, check it out. Tune in. Good so, yeah, the streaming. stream. Good to get. Good to get. Good to get. Good real get. Good to get. to get. to get. Good Good
5: Hey guys, just really oh, it, it, oh. You know, one of the things I think Special Counsel Jack Smith is going to be focused on, though, that the January 6th committee was less focused on with these witnesses, Ivanka and Jared Kushner, are the financial crimes. Obviously, Special Counsel Jack Smith's going to be focused on what happened during the insurrection,
1: immediately leading up to the insurrection and after. The so one of the things that we that into
5: the in January 6th video, I want to be January 6th in in the third section of the appendix, they have something called "Follow the Money," and it details uh, the uh, likely crimes, campaign finance crimes, and money laundering crimes that Donald Trump committed through various political action entities and, and fundraising committees. I think Special Counsel Jack Smith, specifically with Jared Kushner and probably Ivanka, is really going to drill down into that. And I do think Special Counsel Jack Smith is going to drill down with respect to Jared Kushner on his dealings with foreign countries. One of the reasons I know that is, in a prior breaking news hit that we did, we talked about how Special Counsel Jack Smith, with regard to Donald Trump's theft of the thousands of government records was focused on Trump's latest, promises and dealings on with Ivanka foreign countries. And, Jared and so subpoena. as part of the investigation there, I think Donald Trump is going to be asking uh, Jared Kushner about his dealings with Saudi Arabia, uh, if anything was promised to them,
0: Thank if you. classified
5: records were Finally turned fuckers. over to them. You know, most commentators right now are focused on this subpoena, as it relates to the January 6th insurrection, um, I'm focused on that, but to me, that's the obvious one, right? What I showed you with those videos. Where I think special counsel Jack Smith is going with this, though, the financial crimes relating to the insurrection, you know, approximately $760.
4: $69 okay.
5: US Special Forces device turns men
4: 69. into beasts. It emulates
5: 54,000 crunches in 20 minutes and builds right. $69 million worldwide it through an entities, through entities, like basically straw man entities created by uh, Trump's inner circle, so that the end recipients of funds could be shielded and could be hidden so that it would basically just go to this middle man or middle people, um, and then you wouldn't know where they would then distribute and funnel the money to, which seems like classic money laundering. But again, here, I do think that special counsel Jack Smith's also going to be focused on the documents donald trump's theft of thousands of government records how jared kushner handled records how ivanka handled uh, their records Um, so remember there are multiple criminal grand juries investigating donald trump's crimes in washington dc and there's at least two that we've discussed there's the a uh, criminal grand jury in federal court in Washington, D.C., investigating the insurrection, the fraudulent or phony electors, uh, Donald Trump's financial crimes, and the threats uh, and extortion of state and local election officials. That's All those four categories are before one criminal grand jury, and there's another criminal grand jury that is uh, investigating the theft of government records, Uh, Donald Trump's theft of thousands of government records, including secret compartmented information. I think these two witnesses, Ivanka and Jared, have relevant information for both. Now, one of the things that some have speculated is, is Donald Trump going to make an executive privilege claim here uh, with Ivanka and Jared Kushner? I'm sure he will. Remember, they both had uh, titles. They both worked within the White House, as embarrassing as that is, but... Any assertion of executive privilege by Donald Trump, Donald Trump's 100 percent going to lose that. And he's lost all of his previous executive privilege claims with respect to Pat Cipollone, Patrick Philbin, his top former White House lawyers, Mark Short, Pence's former general counsel, Greg Jacob, Pence's former, Mark Short was uh, Pence's former chief of staff, rather. Greg Jacob, Pence's former general counsel, the top Pence officials there. They, the executive privilege assertion was rejected by Judge Beryl Howell there. Um, and one, the fact that Trump is former administration asserting executive privilege, don't really have that right to do it. There's some dicta in DICTA dicta and some opinions by the Supreme Court, specifically by Kavanaugh, suggesting possibly there may be a limited right to assert it by a former president. But in any way, that limited right gives way to an overriding, compelling need based on an ongoing criminal investigation. So even if there was a claim, which there isn't, the overriding need in the criminal investigation would supersede that. So not worried that executive privilege will prevent them from testifying. And I do look forward, though, here to Kushner being grilled on those issues of his financial dealings as well. And I do think Special Counsel Jackson is going to go there a little bit, because I think it is related to some of the money laundering crimes. Alex could be a good thing. Um, at least before he went on to the stage. And now let's get out the vote effort and that, you know, mail and ballots kind of thing, uh, for us if we looked at it correctly. There we go. And you'll see Ivanka standing right next to Donald Trump at the time, and you'll see uh, Donald Trump Jr. You'll see these uh, completely traitorous, treasonous maniacs play this clip. I think we're, uh, G-minus a
4: couple of seconds here, guys, so, uh, check it out, tune in, good live-streaming. It. good. So, Mark, that is an actual fighter! One of the few. A real fighter. Thank you, Mark. Give <laughs> <laughs> her yes, Have the time to do the right thing! Gargoyle. Fight. Yes. <laughs> Fight. Thank you guys. Just really appreciate it. all the love and support.
5: It's pretty amazing. You know, one of the things I think Special Counsel Jack Smith is going to be focused on, though, that the January 6th committee was less focused on with these witnesses, Ivanka okay. and Jared Kushner, are the financial crimes. Obviously, Special Counsel Jack Smith's going to be focused on what happened during. The insurrection, that the days was lead, immediately uh, leading three, up to the, the insurrection, uh, and after the insurrection. But one of the things that Jack Smith, I think, has paid more attention to. In the January 6th committee, although to be fair to the January 6th committee, in the one of the, I think it's the third section of the appendix, they have something called Follow the Money, and it details uh, the uh, likely crimes, campaign finance crimes, and money laundering crimes that Donald Trump committed through his various political action entities and, and fundraising committees. I think Special Counsel Jack Smith specifically with Jack going to drill down into that and I do think special counsel Jack Smith is going to drill down with respect to Jared Kushner on his dealings with foreign countries one of the reasons I know that is in a prior breaking news hit that we did we talked about how special counsel Jack Smith with regard to Donald Trump's theft of the thousands of government records was focused on Trump's promises and dealings with foreign countries. And so as part of the investigation there, I think Donald Trump is going to be asking uh, Jared Kushner about his dealings with Saudi Arabia, uh, if anything was promised to them, if classified records were turned over to them. You know, most commentators right now are focused on this subpoena as it relates to the January 6th insurrection, um, I'm focused on that. But to me, that's the obvious one, right? What I showed you with those videos where I think special counsel Jack Smith is going with this, though. The financial crimes relating to the insurrection, you know, approximately seven hundred and sixty nine million dollars were routed through an entities through entities like basically straw man entities created by uh, Trump's inner circle so that the end recipients of funds could be shielded and could be hidden, so that it would basically just go to this middle man or middle people, um, and then you wouldn't know where they would then distribute and funnel the money to, which seems like classic money laundering. But again, here, I do think that Special Counsel Jack Smith's also going to be focused on the documents, Donald Trump's theft of thousands of government records, how Jared Kushner handled records, how Ivanka handled uh, their records. Um, so remember, there are multiple criminal grand juries investigating Donald Trump's crimes in Washington, D.C., and there's at least two that we've discussed. There's the uh, criminal grand jury in federal court in Washington, D.C., investigating the insurrection, the fraudulent or phony electors, uh, Donald Trump's financial crimes, and the threats. Uh, an extortion of state and local election officials that 's all those four categories are before one criminal grand jury, and there 's another criminal grand jury that is uh, investigating the theft of government records uh, donald trump 's theft of thousands of government records, including secret compartmented information. I think these two witnesses, Ivanka and Jared, have relevant information for both now one of the things that Some have speculated is, is Donald Trump going to make an executive privilege claim here uh, with Ivanka and Jared Kushner? I'm sure he will. Remember, they both had uh, titles. They both worked within the White House, as embarrassing as that is. But any assertion of executive privilege by Donald Trump, Donald Trump's 100 percent going to lose that. And he's lost all of his previous executive privilege claims with respect to Pat Cipollone, Patrick Philbin, his top former White House lawyers, Mark Short, Pence's former general counsel. Greg Jacob, Pence's former, Mark Short was uh, Pence's former chief of staff, rather. Greg Jacob, Pence's former general counsel, the top Pence officials there. They, the executive privilege assertion was rejected by Judge Beryl Howell there. Um, and one, the fact that Trump is former administration asserting executive privilege, don't really have that right to do it. There's some dicta, in D-I-C-T-A dicta, and some opinions by the Supreme Court, specifically by Kavanaugh, suggesting possibly there may be a limited right to assert it by a former president, but in any way, that limited right gives way to an overriding compelling need based on an ongoing criminal investigation so even if there was a claim which there isn't the overriding need in the criminal investigation would supersede that so not worried that executive privilege will prevent them from testifying and I do look forward though here to Kushner being grilled on those issues of his financial dealings as well And I do think special counsel Jack Smith is going to go there a little bit because I think it is related to some of the money laundering crimes that Trump is uh, uh, being investigated for that Jack Smith seems to be a little more focused on for criminal charges than the January 6th committee was in their uh, congressional investigation. So again, big news right there. Um, again, you got Jared Kushner and Ivanka both being subpoenaed by Jack Smith. We will keep you updated yeah. as we learn more here on the Midas Might Touch burn, Network. Hit subscribe.
0: Your, we are uh-huh. on our way to
5: one million subscribers. We are marching to one million subscribers in March. It's free to subscribe, so please hit subscribe right now. And in addition, check us out at Patreon.com/slash. You will love the content we have on our. Already
4: do indictment season. Ooh, live. I
7: just touch. Jack Smith closes Hi, in. Hi, I'm Joe Brown from Accident Law <laughs> Group. insurance adjuster, And now I use those experiences to help our clients fight away from everything related to her dad as possible, including saying, I'm not working on the campaign. Uh, uh, basically, I'm not supporting the campaign. To which Donald Trump, of course, attacked his own daughter, not the first time, and said, uh, I didn't want her working on my campaign. That's why she's not working on my campaign. But uh, they hoped, I, th- I think, that if they buried themselves deep below the earth in Miami, that they would escape being brought back in as potential criminal defendants or at least witnesses in a grand jury led by Jack Smith. Wrong. So let's talk about it, Karen. Um, first of all, let me just spend one minute framing it, then I'm going to turn it over to you. You've got Ivanka Trump, who obviously um, well, let me do it this way. Uh, people might be wondering. Well, they were in the White House. Maybe there is a privilege issue that they'll try to assert, like Pence tried to assert his speech and debate. He might have
4: such mighty represent. privilege
7: to avoid testimony. What about them, Popac? What about them? Well, I'll tell you that they did testify. We did, we're not imagining that they testified, and we saw video clips of both Jared Kushner and uh, Ivanka in the Jan. 6 committee hearings. That's because Trump did not oh. assert the executive privilege or stop them from testifying in any way under oath. And so they did. Now, So there's an open question whether there's even privilege oh, shit. privilege to continue to assert, <laughs> because it looks like you've waived it. Um, you've allowed two of your people in the White House to go and testify under oath about what happened. I'm not sure he's going to be able to now assert the executive privilege. And why do these two matter? I mean, we're talking about reaching into the inner, inner sanctum closest to Donald Trump. You're not getting any closer than Ivanka and Jared, okay, than these two. Now, Ivanka, remember, she was not only a fly on the wall, but an active participant in numerous conversations that have already come out through the Jan 6 committee testimony. She was there when daddy called Mike Pence to pressure him and may have used the P word, like, don't be a P word. And she's also on tape because we saw it numerous times because the Jan 6 committee took special delight in roasting Donald Trump by way of his daughter, in which she, after hearing that Bill Barr said effectively, no, I think he said it actually, that all of the election fraud uh, schemes and ideas about dead voters voting and multiple voter voters and software that flip votes from Trump to Biden, all of that having been run down to ground, that that election fraud thing was, to paraphrase Bill Barr, bullshit. And then you followed up with Ivanka saying, "Mm, I trust Bill Barr, and so I agreed with him, and I tried to move my dad into accepting his defeat and um, doing a peaceful transfer of power, which goes to criminal mind, criminal intent, mens rea.
4: Got the touch. Everything I touch, touch girl, I got the to call it,
7: in the business um, for the Donald Trump prosecution. So she's got a lot to talk about. Then you got um, Jared, who, one of his roles apparently, was trying to manage the White House counsel position in the form of Pat Cipollone, and Pat has already testified, and has been forced to testify over attorney-client privilege assertions by Donald Trump about also telling Donald Trump in no uncertain terms that he had lost the election, that all of his gambits had had failed, none of the lawsuits had prevailed, and none of his working theories about fraud were correct, And, um, and threatened to quit as you recall, Karen, at our audience, Pat Cipollone threatened to quit if Donald Trump put in Jeffrey Rosen. I'm sorry, if he put in uh, Jeff Clark. Clark, as, yeah, yeah Jeff Clark lawyer. as the Attorney General to do his bidding to write yeah. nasty letters on Department of Justice stationery to places like Georgia, for Everybody instance. Everybody For some reason, resign. Jared's role quit. in that inner circle with Trump was to like manage Pat Cipollone, who he basically called a crybaby, and that he didn't really believe much of what he was saying and uh and just thought that was pat being pat that kind of thing so jared's got a lot of things to talk about but but from your perspective um as a former prosecutor what do you think the where do you think we are in that prosecution that they are now up to pence ivanka and jared let's start with that one where do you think they are in all of that
6: I think they're getting very, very close to Trump. I mean, this yes. is this is the tip of the yes. ice. You know, the, before it was you start at the bottom and they go with the insurrectionists and they've been moving, working their way up the chain. But you get to Donald Trump's daughter and son-in-law That's and, and the vice president. That That's as close as you can get to Trump, I think. And it just shows yes. where Jack Smith is. You know, when Jack Smith came as was appointed a special prosecutor people were worried that things would slow down and i think this shows that nothing is slowing down in fact he's really turning up the heat and he's ready to get to the next level and and it's getting serious i mean you know interestingly as i'm sure you know and everybody knows before the trumps all moved down to florida they were new yorkers and so they are all known in various new york circles and i remember when when Donald Trump was elected president, many people were thinking that, well, hopefully the fact that Jared and Ivanka are going to be working in the White House that they were the most reasonable of Don Jr. and Eric and you know that whole that whole group of people um and so they thought hopefully she and he the husband will you know the husband and wife team will talk some sense into him and keep things calm and maybe he won't go off the rails and be as crazy and I'm sure that's part of what Jack Smith's kind of hoping that You know, Don Jr. and Eric are, I'm sure, targets. uh, As as is Dad, and they also are very much. They they've been shown to, especially Don Jr. They will lie on behalf of their father, but it'll we'll soon see if Jared and Ivanka will take that extra step and actually lie on behalf of Donald Trump. I mean, so far, Ivanka, she's not obviously going to want to testify against her father. But so far, what's been released, she seems to be candid, at least, about her opinions. Like when she said she agreed with with Bill Barr, saying there was no election interference, etc., And so if she's required to testify in the grand jury by subpoena and she happens to be sworn in under oath, it'll be interesting. She could take the fifth, right, if she's a target and not speak and not have to say anything. Or she could be given immunity and uh, forced to testify or she might choose to testify. Who, Who knows? Because she did speak to the Jan 6 committee. And we'll see. You know, there's there's. Uh, You mentioned the executive privilege that Trump could assert. And just for for people who um, might wonder whether this is the case, there is no child-parent privilege, so the way there is a marital privilege or husband-wife privilege, there's there's nothing like that with a with a parent-child relationship, so that, that can't be an issue, and we'll see what, what Jack Smith asks her and Jared about. You know, we do know that she was in the Oval Office on January 6th with her father while he called um, Pence and, and pressured him to, to block or delay the certification, um, and we also know that she accompanied her father to the rally at the where people were chanting, hang Mike Pence. So she could be asked about what did he say to her? uh, What did he know? And what was she saying to him? And, you know, we know that Jared went to the White House uh, after he returned from, I don't know where he was, the Middle East or something that day. And he went to the White House where after the People have been rioting for many hours and and it's been widely uh, spoken about that he and Ivanka were both involved in trying to get Trump to tell the rioters to go home and commit to a peaceful transfer of power. So I think that's powerful evidence uh, before a grand jury and it's powerful evidence against Donald Trump. I mean, it, it just goes to show that's where they are and that's where they're up to.
7: Yeah, I think that that's a great um, rundown of the uh, the jeopardy that Ivanka and Jared are facing. I mean, they they have two choices. They either lie under oath and possibly be convicted for doing so, or they tell the truth. And they've sort of signaled, in their own weird way, even though they've been part of the Trump criminal family for a long, long time and have grippeded their way to billions, that uh, you know they would like to not be criminally prosecuted. And they've, um, as opposed, as you said, to Eric and Don Jr., they have uh, done the most to get as far away and behind a firewall of the exploding and imploding Donald Trump as possible. You know, they had a pretty swanky life in New York, you know, running around the Upper East Side and, and socializing and all of that. And, yeah, sure, Miami's great, and they have, a, you know, some mega mansion in um, Indian Creek where all the other billionaires live. But they, um, you know, they gave up a life and a lifestyle, and then uh, Trump was none too pleased when he, you know, I love to be in the room when Ivanka said, "I'm, I'm not helping you the next campaign. You're doing it without me." Because, you know, as opposed to Don Jr. and Eric, who are firmly and completely committed, and even in the New York, and even in the uh, uh, New York Attorney General case, she was able to separate herself a bit from the others in terms of some financial oversight again you know demonstrating that she's trying to get some daylight if she can between her and her dad her dad will throw her under the bus in a heartbeat he's already done it in tweets that will one day be he'll be confronted with if he's ever indicted but um, you know he has not liked and i don't think it's an act um that she's uh, acted like the black sheep going against dad I think that this is, you know, her testimony, and I don't think it was a calculated decision to do so. So we're going to have to see, but I do think it signals strongly, as I said at the top, that it, that we're at the um, the uh, the beginning of the end here. Uh, this it, is. Go ahead. Karen.
6: No, I was just going. Yeah, you're 100% right. There's just one more thing I wanted to add yeah, sure. to what you're saying, which is that uh, oftentimes prosecutors are going to have to make a deal with the devil. To get to the top person, right? It's 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 an age-old thing that that has been done because you can't always get to the top person. We all know that that Trump didn't write anything down. He didn't send emails. He would tear things up and flush them down the toilet, right? He he doesn't leave the breadcrumb paper trail that that. Um, that many criminals often do that prosecutors rely on and he's got his inner circle is is like brainwashed against him you know for him i should say and And it's going to be very hard to get somebody to testify against him. And so somebody, Jack Smith is going to have to start making deals with with the devil with some people. And so I could imagine a scenario where he potentially uh, immunizes Ivanka and or Jared. Uh, because he wouldn't do that with, um, with Eric or Don Jr., because of, I think they're probably targets, too, and, and they're not I'm trustworthy they and money. liars. So that's what, <laughs> that's what I think uh, is possibly happening, and just stay tuned, because he is going to have to make a deal with the devil with, with, some, uh, with somebody um, to get to Trump.
7: And, and what I meant by that, just to be clear, because I'm, I'm looking at the chats here about what that phrase means, you don't do Ivanka and Jared and Pence when you're like starting your investigation. You do it in the waning days of your prosecution or your presentation to your grand jury from which you will ultimately get it. you're running out of people. I mean you know how much closer can we get here than you know the relatives blood relatives of the of the target of the investigation so we will see. Um, it's news, because it's news today, because it's the latest group of people that have, have been brought in, and because the only way we can report what's going on at the grand jury level is by, there's only really one of two ways. Because unlike the, the, one of our next segments, where a jury four person decides she's going to be celebrity of the week and start talking about improperly, probably illegally, about what happened with this, with inside of a grand jury, we're not supposed to know that. We're only, the only two ways that we can tell what's going on in a federal grand jury is when there's motion practice, again, secret and sealed, but motion practice that's listed on the public docket over at the chief judge's chambers and courtroom, currently um, uh, currently being handled by, um, now that she's about to leave, I've actually almost forgotten her name, um, now that it's being handled by, uh, who's the chief judge now for the, for the D.C. court? Well, i sorry i don't know i don't know yeah, oh no it'll come to me before this segment's over but you we either look at her docket and see what's being filed there and then from there try to get some reporting related to it and we report on the witnesses that are being brought in there and which grand jury of the many that we think they're being brought in front of and from there we synthesize it and using our experience um it's it's barrel howell for those that are <laughs> thank you mm-hmm. thank you salty my my trusted mm-hmm. producer um soon to be replaced oh. by jeff bozberg but currently the chief judge overseeing all the grand jury. and that's what we do and that's why i think people come here so for the people that are you know kind of trolling their way through the chat tonight like the beginning of what well, who cares that was this news it is
4: <laughs> and you're gonna have
7: to trust practicing lawyers to do this for a living that this is this is big news, and this is how we report it, based on developments in front of the grand jury. So, let's, Carol Unless you have anything else, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on to no, the next No, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like the next one. This is this one's going to, like, boil your blood as a former prosecutor.
6: This one I call, I call oy vey, this
7: one. Oh, <laughs> that's a legal Yiddish term. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm going to ask you about, uh, after we show the uh, clip of what we're talking about, I'm going to ask you about what, what you think uh, uh, is thinking right now, what Judge McBurney is thinking right now, uh, and what the possible uh, next steps are. But let's frame this for a minute. We've got a special purpose grand jury in Georgia, where I'm at right now, in Fulton County, that was impaneled for seven months um, under uh, by a vote of other judges, justices, or judges <laughs> on the Fulton County bench, and supervised by, at the time, Chief Judge McBurney, now regular, regular old Judge McBurney, and they were they were very methodical about keeping things confidential and secret in giving the grand jury that special grand jury that only recommends on indictments but does not indict itself the space it needed to operate, just like any other grand jury. And I'm sure every grand juror, including the fourth person, who was selected usually by a vote of that grand of the of those people um, that are in there. We're told and instructed about the sanctity of the grand jury process and the need to keep it secret. And if they should not, until the grand jury is discharged and the final decisions are made not by them, but by the regular grand jury, because of their unique role in a report related to indictment, But they're not to go on network television and start talking about it. That's That's what, that's there. We know now, and I shouldn't know, but I do know, we know that the jury foreperson, Emily Kors, K-O-H-R-S, has gone on network television. We're gonna show a clip now. And Salty, let's run the clip of her in her interview, and then we'll come back to Karen to be talking about it.
6: Is it, would you say, when it comes to, there are are indictments recommended, of course. Is
2: it more than 12 people? Is it more than 20 people? I think if you look at the page numbers of the report, there's about six pages in the middle that got cut out. Allow for spacing. It's not a short list.
6: Not a short list. (laughs) More, I mean, when it comes to... ...is former President Trump.
2: Did you recommend charges against Donald Trump? I really don't want to share something that the judge made a conscious decision not to share. I, I will tell you that it was a process where we heard his name a lot. <laughs> uh, we definitely heard a lot about former President Trump. And we definitely discussed him a lot in the room. And I will say that uh, when this list comes out, you wouldn't... There are no major plot twists waiting for you. You know, it's interesting
6: we
4: that just raises more questions. Than go. I know. I know. I'm sorry. No, no.
6: Do, please do not apologize. I'm very appreciative of your time. When you say there's no plot twists and you know people won't be shocked, people are gonna people are gonna hear that and they're gonna think that means that Donald Trump is definitely on that list. Um,
7: All right. So we've got Emily Coors that, on her own initiative and not authorized by the district attorney, Fauni Willis nor by Judge McBurney, who spent a considerable amount of time and briefing and oral argument and public hearing deciding exactly what he would allow to be let into the public domain and what he wouldn't. And he only allowed five and a half pages out of what I expect to be thousands of pages, including the 70 or more witness testimony transcripts and documents and exhibits that will ultimately be released to the public at the appropriate time. So McBurney did that. Fawny Willis supported McBurney's decision, said her decision on prosecutions on multiple defendants was imminent. And we'll talk about that, about the imminent part. People are getting frustrated about why hasn't it happened already. Um, But you have that. And then you have Donald Trump who decides, hmm, let me see if I can rig this in my favor. I'll tweet out some fate and see if anybody takes it. And here's the debate that we put up before. Thank you to the special grand jury in the great state of Georgia for your patriotism and courage. Total exoneration. <laughs> USA is very proud of you. Right? That's the debate. And so she, he was waiting for somebody in Fawney Willis' office or somewhere to step forward and say, you weren't exonerated. We know it's in the report, and here it is. And lo and behold, Emily Coors, who's, I think, it's, I think she's in her late mid to late 20s, decides, apparently on her own initiative with whatever support group she has around her to go on network television I guess she got a, they all got lots of phone calls we're going to have to find out or Fonny Willis more likely is going to have to find out how CNN and others got to her because that her name was not public, so either she picked up the phone, or somehow her name got leaked, and the press went after her and kept and kept hitting hitting her to see if she would talk. And look what happened, you know, on the CNN clip that we just showed. You know, the parts we didn't show, she also said, in response to the question by the uh, by the reporter, um, about the bait of Trump saying he says he's been exonerated. What do you think? Huh. Which is a total perfect place for her to say nothing and not talk about the report Instead, she said fascinating i don't think he's read the right document (laughs) which of course only drew the reporter in more to talk about the fact that she thinks there's no surprises there's no plot twists we're not going to be surprised when we get that roster of indicted recommended indicted people of multiple defendants on a range of charges Okay, that's what happened. Now let's talk about what happens next. Karen Friedman-Ignifolo, three questions. One, is the indictment in jeopardy because of this uh, this uh, action, self-serving, selfish actions of the court person? Two, has she committed a crime of, of that that Faudy Willis and the judge will go after? And, and will this ultimately support, I guess it's the one and three of the claims, a, a quash of any indictment that comes out of this process under, you know, you have your New York experience, but we'll, we'll try to see if we can frame it under Georgia law the best we can as well. What do you think, Karen? No, maybe, uh,
6: no. and <laughs> no. So, um, so let's just, frame the issue a little bit more, uh, what you're talking about. So, so there's grand juries and then there are regular juries or they call them petty juries. And, and, A regular jury is is when you sit for a trial, and it's usually 12 people who are voirdeered and questioned, and they're chosen, and they only see things that are public during the trial. And you often will then have jurors come out and speak to the press about the trial, and it's stuff that they've seen that was public, so it's perfectly fine. Well, the grand jury process is very different. It's uh, usually 23 people. And this one had 23 plus, I think, a couple of alternates, and they aren't questioned or warded, if you will. They aren't um, selected in any way other than just at random. You know, they they ask very general questions like, "Can you serve? Can you hear things? Can you see? You know, whatever, whatever the whatever the requirements are, but but it's a different selection process and they are privy to the opposite, right? It's not public because every trial, every criminal trial is public. And so, so, but the grand jury is by its very nature secret because nobody's been charged. And, and so it's a way to get people to come in and gather evidence. And this is a special grand jury. So even more so, because they don't charge anybody and they didn't charge anybody here because that's not what, what they were created for. So it was all about, um, mm mm-hmm. It's all about secret information of just regular people who are um, who are residents of Fulton County, Georgia, who were called because their name came up. And then they sat and they sat for, I think, seven months here and they heard a lot 75 witnesses and they had lots of other um, testimony that was brought before them in the form of videos, emails, phone calls, recordings, all, all of the above. And I don't remember a time ever that I know of, that a grand jury person or a grand juror spoke out, and, and maybe someone can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know about it, but this is highly unusual because of the grand jury secrecy. Now, in Georgia, there it was. It's very, um, it's slightly different uh, than New York. The Georgia law requires grand jurors to take an oath saying that they shall keep the deliberations of the grand jury secret, unless called upon. Uh, to give evidence thereof in a court of law in, in the state of Georgia. Now, the, the key word there is deliberations. Keep the deliberations of the grand jury secret. and And that has to do with the thought process of the grand jury. But how they define the word deliberations will, I think, determine whether she herself is in any trouble and whether she violated any secrecy. And I have to say, I think she actually crossed a line, and I'll and I'll tell you. Um, that's, so, so she gave multiple interviews, by the way. CNN, which is the one I think you just played. There was also one to N- NBC or MSNBC, where she gave even more information. There was also some print. Uh, she gave interviews to some some print media. So she's made multiple statements, and um, there's a few that she made that I think. If they don't cross the line, I think they get close to the line, and um, and the ones that I think, you know, like for example, when she said that the starting point for the jurors. Was in, in our, in, in our deliberations, frankly, but the starting point for us was the phone, the perfect phone call to find the 11,780 votes. And so by talking about their process and where they started, that one could argue is the jury's deliberations. Um, so that's That's an issue, I think, that you know, is an example of an issue that she has that potentially could be a problem for her. Um, but there were other things that, that she said, you know, first of all, to be clear, it's a horrible idea that she's speaking uh, to the public. It's a prosecutor's nightmare. I, I, you know, it's for the rest of us, that she provided a window into the process. And she's clearly trying to not violate grand jury secrecy. And of course, you know, we loved hearing things that you know, like the witnesses who were or were not happy to be there. That you know, who was cracking jokes and how forthcoming people were. That sort of thing, people want to know. And she's—I think she's really trying to, um, trying to um, not violate her oath and reveal deliberations. But in addition to Trump baiting her, I think the reporters, understandably, are trying to goad her into more information. But, but the the reason,
4: yeah,
6: all the reasons the I think it's a really bad idea is in addition to that's her that's own personal system. liability that she, the trouble she could get into because of it is ah. I think this is going to delay the indictment and the reason is if I were Fon- Fonnie Willis I would try to insulate the indicting grand jury now from the investigating grand jury. So, whereas before we said, you know what, why doesn't Fonnie Willis just take the report and read it to the, to the indicting grand jury? They can have, they have hearsay that's allowed there and just read, read the findings and ask them to indict. I, if I, I, you know, I have no idea if she's doing this or not, but one can imagine that Fonnie might be trying to now separate the two because there's going to be issues about this grand jury now about the special grand jury. So for example, she was talking about, um, you know, the, the, the person was talking about how cool it was that she got to swear someone in while holding a popsicle. And, you know, and, and, that's problematic because where she got that popsicle from was a like a, a party that they had with the grand jurors and the DA's office and that's going to show that's going to basically um, make claim you know lead to claims of too much fraternization and um, and I just think that that sort of that sort of information just is fodder for Trump and others whoever is going to ultimately be indicted and it's clear that yeah. someone's going to be indicted um uh you know that that's going to be a problem i think for for fonnie willis she's going to have to figure out a way to get around that
7: well to well to your point um you know it's not just trump that of course is the target we don't think of the special purpose grand jury there are multiple defendants there's 16 fake electors there's possibly rudy giuliani mark meadows and donald trump but already Trump is, of course, tweeting out his storm about um, corrupt kangaroo uh, proceedings, uh, politically motivated hack jobs in direct response oh, to Emily Kors's, um impertinent, I would think, uh, attempts to go on national television and talk about what she did or didn't do as a member of the grand jury. And we just put them up there on the screen. Um, and let me just address something that's in our... In our chats today, there is no way. I, or let, let me rephrase. I would be shocked if there was evidence that Judge McBurney, who was so judicious about what he wanted revealed in response to the media's application for the full report to be disclosed, and what he did not want revealed at that moment, which was just, you know, like a week or so, a week or so ago gave permission to jurors to take to the television and airwaves to talk about the proceedings. I, I mean, I see people saying, yeah, that, that may have happened. She might have had permission. There, I mean, I'd be shocked. Uh, Karen, you want to comment on that before we, we kind of start moving on? Uh, there's no way that
6: she has to <laughs> right. talk. So. Right. There's one other thing she said that I didn't love. Um, She she was saying that if the DHA is against bringing charges, she will be sad if nothing happens, something has to happen. And she didn't say because, you know, because it was um, so egregious or they violated the law.